You are listening to Messy in the Middle, the show here to help you navigate the messy blend that is life and business today. I'm your host, Haley Johnson, and my guests and I are here to dish out all the hot takes, big wins, and seriously messy moments that come with being an entrepreneur. So grab another cup of coffee, you know you want to, and let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Messy in the Middle. Joining me this week, I have my former business coach turned good friend, Kelsey Kerslake. Kelsey is the CEO of The Aligned Business, a program for creative entrepreneurs to learn how to sell their services with ease and hit six figures with their online biz. Kelsey, welcome to the show. Hi, Haley. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. For our listeners, Kelsey was actually the first podcast that I was a guest on. Um, And between recording the podcast and the podcast episode coming out, I think my entire business did a 180. It did, yeah. (laughs) So we have an interesting history of being on podcasts together. So let's see what uh, we managed to conjure up with this one. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited. This is not, it'll be different. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Kelsey and I actually, before I was on her podcast, met several years ago on Instagram. I don't remember how I followed her or like where she came from, but at the time she was running her agency, Pine Gate Road, and I needed to interview an agency owner for a presentation for grad school. So I reached out on Instagram and in the very Kelsey way, she was like, yeah, what are the questions? I'll send you a Loom video. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I won't type it, but I can talk through the question yeah. for you. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until almost a full year later that I got an ad for one of your opt-ins that I even knew you had coaching in your business. So I guess we met like fall of 2019 and then started working together in like summer of 2020. Did you have the Align Business Academy when we had first met and I was interviewing you? Or did that come later on, like closer to when we were working together? So it was the Pine Gate Road Academy at first. And so I was just coaching designers for about two years before I started the Align Business Academy. Um, But that didn't start until January 2020. So I had about two years of like, kind of coaching, but I was more of an agency owner. And then I was teaching just other designers. And then when I realized like, oh, they're getting these results. And like, this can happen outside of just designers is when I decided to open up the Align Business Academy and open it up to all kinds of service providers, coaches, consultants. So you came in, I don't know, what, whatever, it, it's iterations of. Yeah, I, I think I came in in like the second cohort of Align Business Academy because I think I joined in like June or July of 2020. Yeah, that's when it really was like taking off and growing because of said ads that you got. (laughs) 25 profitable offerings really, really gets it, gets it for them. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's still working to this day. So, (laughs) so before we get into all things Academy, I want to focus on the agency for a bit since you did that for so long before getting into coaching. Can you tell our listeners a bit about how you got started in design as a freelancer and what inspired you to go the agency route as opposed to staying, just doing it on your own or something else? Yeah. So I started freelancing kind of accidentally. I had a graphic design degree and I graduated in 2010 and then went to grad school. And so I was freelancing very much like 
oh, people need this thing. Like, let me charge a couple hundred dollars for that thing that they're asking for. And it was a great way to make some side money at the time. And then in grad school in 2011 is when I officially started Pine Gate Road, but I started it as a lifestyle blog. And so it started kind of out of me being in grad school. And I know, you know, but it was all about like brand strategy and research and papers. And I just wanted to make fun recipes and design pretty (laughs) graphics. And so the blog kind of started as my outlet for fun. And because I was a designer, I designed my website and people were like, oh, can you design my blog header or this or that? And so it kind of just evolved and grew over those three years into me having actual packages for branding and web design. But it was still all me at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I I graduated, I didn't even think my business would be a full-time job. Like that wasn't something that was in my brain. I thought, okay, I have to go to grad or I have to go get a corporate job. And so I worked at American Greetings, moved to Cleveland and That's really where I decided, like, I want to start a family one day and I want to be able to have more freedom and flexibility in my career that the nine to five life just wouldn't accommodate. So I started growing my my agency then. And it wasn't even an agency. It still was just me. But then I got to a point because I was one of the first Pinterest users too. Like I was a beta tester and I was putting all my stuff from the blog on Pinterest and I kind of blew up. Like I got so many inquiries back in the day, like just from being on Pinterest that I couldn't keep up with it. And so my dad is an entrepreneur and instead I was just like, oh, I can't keep up with it. Like I'll book out into the future. And I think that this is where the pivotal like agency versus solopreneur or small studio really happened. Because I didn't think about handing off any of those projects to other people to do because I didn't have the capacity. And he was like, why don't you just hire some of your design friends to do this and make a little bit of profit on that? And they can follow your processes and procedures and you're getting the clients, but you're able to open up the capacity for work and revenue. And I was like, oh, I never thought about that. And so I started hiring some of my friends to take on that extra work while I was still working a full-time job. And then over time, when I started thinking about, you know, I want to have a family, I want to take a maternity leave. I don't want my income to dip with my personal availability. So that is when I really decided to go the agency route and start to bring on actual project managers and developers and more designers and have an actual business agency instead of just being a solopreneur. I feel like that's, I have so many things I want to say, but I feel like first, like that feels like such a dad thing of like, oh, just hire someone like, oh, just like have someone pay someone to do it for you. And I feel like, like our generation is much more like, well, I'm swamped. Guess I'm going to stay swamped. And like, our parents are like, no, like you can just pay people to like help you with stuff. It's like, Oh, that was a huge option. (laughs) Yeah. And then I kind of got addicted to it. I was like, I don't want to do anything. And I'll just build my whole (laughs) business to like run without me. And I mean, I did do that at a certain point and, you know, different things happen. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that to everybody, but yeah, I got like addicted to optimizing and hiring out and getting everything like running without relying on me Mm -hmm. as a person. 
Yeah. I feel like before you scaled up into the agency, though, it definitely sounds like a lot of right place, right time. Like I feel like 2011, 2012 was like the golden age of blogging where like, oh yeah, everyone mm-hmm. was just like devouring everything. And um, yeah, that must've been like such a like kismet timing sort of thing. What type of like, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but what type of like traffic or traction or like engagement were you experiencing from the blog that was able to lead to those kinds of results? Because I think that blog traffic and website traffic are like kind of like with podcast listens, one of those like mysteries where it's not Mm -hmm. public. So like, who knows what a successful blog actually looks like? Like what were you getting to get those types of inquiries? Yeah. So I think with any kind of marketing or inquiries, like looking where the people are coming from and how they even found you. Mm -hmm. And back then, because everybody was on blogs, like I remember I just sat and like read blogs like all day. That was my life. And so um, that was just what it was. And I think even now, like there's going to be different things that come up. Like now it's TikTok. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not on it, but like I should be because that's where everybody is. And that's like the golden era of TikTok that we'll probably be looking back on in three years and being like, why didn't I get on there and do this and all of that. So I think it's like less about the right time, but like, there's always going to be those things in the moments in time. Um, it's just like, where are you in that moment in time? And like, how are you taking advantage of like where people are hanging out? But the inquiries, I think it really was the Pinterest, like mm-hmm. kind of fueled the blog. There weren't a lot of designers using Pinterest like there are now. So I, I even... I'm a mastermind right now. And the person is a pretty big name in the industry. I don't know if we're naming names or whatever, but it's up to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> she even like when we had our interview for the mastermind, she was like, oh yeah, you are Pine Gate Road. I remember you from Pinterest. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was like a thing. <laughs> yeah. And so it just, I kept posting things on Pinterest because it was working and people would just naturally find me that way. And there weren't a lot of people doing it. And because it was so visual, it was perfect for designers to be posting your work. And then people would be like, oh, I love that style or this work. And they would just want to work with you because they hadn't seen another example of what you were putting out there. So yeah, it just was kind of natural. Yeah. And kind of like the perfect opportunity for like window shopping, I guess. Yeah. I feel like now I really struggle on Pinterest. I don't know if it's like the content that we're posting just like isn't super like what people are looking for on Pinterest. But I feel like I spend half of my time being like, is this even worth it? Because we don't get any any traffic from it ever. (laughs) I think it's well, they're also changing their algorithms Mm -hmm. a ton. They kind of more or less shot themselves in the foot, I think, um, by not, they're trying to keep people on their platform, which I guess is like good. But the people, the reason people loved Pinterest so much is because it was like this place where you would find the thing and then be able to go elsewhere, which is where all that traffic was coming from. And now there's a couple more clicks that you have to go through in order to get to the, the end website and things like that. So Pinterest is not what it used to be. It can still be really like, I still use it for, um, we're in the middle of like planning to build a home. So I'm Mm -hmm. like using it a lot for that. I'm, I'm planning a couple parties. So I'm like posting little recipes and I don't know. Like I, yeah. I do that kind of stuff, but I'm not on there for business necessarily. So if you're in an industry where 
people are naturally looking on Pinterest for your things. I feel like it can still be good, but it isn't the same opportunity that it used to be, I don't think. Yeah, definitely. I think I always thought that I shifted the way that I used Pinterest because of the way that I was like focusing on my business or whatever. But I think in that same time frame, Pinterest shifted the way that it was working. And yeah. like I didn't realize that was happening. Mm-hmm. This week's episode of Messy in the Middle is sponsored by Thought Leaders Collective. Are you so sick of Facebook groups? Totally over Instagram pods? Looking for a place to find community and collaboration online without all the spammy sales, bro marketers, and frankly, bullshit that comes with the online space? Then boy, do I have the thing for you. Thought Leaders Collective is for the online service provider who is ready to step into the spotlight and make a name for themselves, but is just plain tired of coming up with fresh new content for every platform every week. You just want to log on, share your genius, and bask in the glow of your newfound visibility. But it can't be that easy, can it? With Thought Leaders Collective, it totally can. Weekly thought leadership prompts delivered straight to your inbox. Coworking sessions so you can carve out the time to actually be visible on LinkedIn, strategic planning to get you laser focused, and a supportive community of other online service providers who just get it. What more could you ask for? I could tell you stories of members like Rachel, who had someone submit an inquiry on her site within hours of posting her first TLC prompt. Or Kira, who said, Haley, this LinkedIn shit is bananas. My visibility and reach are insane. Or Meg, who is a self-described LinkedIn stan, now that TLC is supporting her content and community needs. Or you could go to thepropagy.com slash TLC and use code MESSY at checkout to get your first month free and see for yourself how great TLC and LinkedIn can be. That's thepropagy.com slash TLC with code M-E-S-S-Y at checkout to get your first month free. After that, it's just 27 bucks a month and you can cancel anytime, but I doubt you'll want to. Can't wait to see you on LinkedIn. Away from Pinterest and back to some more agency stuff. I'm sure you have an episode of your own podcast or somewhere where we can talk about all of the pretty details of scaling your agency, but we're not here for the pretty details. We're here for the messy middle. So on the agency side of things, as you began to scale and hire people and bring on project managers and stuff like that, what were some of the challenges that you faced and what was your approach to kind of doing those problem solving activities to overcome those challenges? Yeah. So it, once I decided to have an agency full heartedly and I was trying to get pregnant, I went through infertility stuff. So it took a little bit longer, but I, I was like, here's this end goal. Like I'm going to be building this agency where I can take three months completely off. So like I was here where I was as a solopreneur. And then I had the vision of Mm -hmm. completely off agency. Like there are going to be tons of ups and downs. And so I think that the the first part was just like doing almost double the work up front in order to then like get to that place. So mm-hmm. I think at first it was a lot of work getting my processes down and procedures and like being able to get the right fit people in. Um, and then even when you got the right fit people in, I'm trying to think back because this was like four or five years ago at this point. And then it mm-hmm. got like really solid. So I'm like, 
my vision of it was like so solid, but yeah. there were things. I think it was like really problem solving, like the client communication when it wasn't going through me. And then also all of the nuances of like getting my brain and my strategy out of my head and into something that like the the team could execute on, but that they could also serve the clients with Mm -hmm. um, because people are going to do things differently than you would do them. So there were a lot of like little nuances where I would have my team go do something or say something or work with the clients. And like, they wouldn't necessarily do it quote unquote, right, but that's okay. And it was like, okay, next time let's do Mm -hmm. this. And like, let's build this into our process so that that doesn't happen. And we took a lot of like little breaks and like little things to troubleshoot along the way. And then they were able to, by the time, like a year of troubleshooting and figuring all those things out, they were really able to take over after that. So I, I do remember what, so just messy middle-ish. Cause I'm, you're like, I'm here for it. Um, I remember the, th- the first Thanksgiving, like it was my first vacation away. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a client that I just think in agency, it can be really hard to stay on track and on time. And Mm -hmm. so you can like plan like, oh, I want all of these things done at this time. Um, But this client had a lot of feedback for us to implement. And I was like on vacation. And I just remember like we got a lot of like, not negative, but just like a lot of like, we need all of these things changed. And it was like, kind of like, going back to a lot of the foundational stuff of the work. And I, I was newly pregnant actually at that point. I remember that I was 13 weeks pregnant and in new Orleans with my new family, my, my in-laws and trying to enjoy a vacation. And I was getting all of these like emails from my team and Slack messages. Like we have this going on and like, they want to go over blah, 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 blah. And like, I just feel this immense, like, oh my gosh, this person isn't happy with our work or this or that. And so like, I have some emotional issues that I've had to work through when it comes to like self-worth over client feedback. Mm -hmm. But I just remember like crying during that vacation because of the, the mix of like it being Thanksgiving and me like wanting to take like time off and have my team take time off and like issues coming up and, and things like that. So I don't remember the the details, but like that is an example of like some of the bad stuff that was happening that we had to problem solve for and then to get the agency to a a better place. Yeah. I think every business owner has like that experience of the first vacation that like doesn't really go as planned, but then you can also remember the first vacation where like all the boundaries do pay off. I remember like the first time I went to visit my boyfriend's family like the day before we flew out there, I had to let go. Like the person who was helping me create all of this content, who was like going to help me with all of the content while I was gone. And I had to spend like that whole day before, like doing everything that I was supposed to do to like get ready to like have it all scheduled or whatever. And that was like, oh my God, this is the worst. This is, I was like my first experience with outsourcing. But then this past Thanksgiving, it was actually my boyfriend's family was visiting us. I'd put down such firm boundaries with my client of like Wednesday, noon Eastern, I will not be on 
any device until Tuesday, whatever the Tuesday after Thanksgiving was. Like I gave a really big window and I was like, if you need something in this time, it's not happening. And they yeah. emailed me on like Friday afternoon and I was like, nope. Yeah. You, you knew you had the warning. <laughs> and my whole team was like, on board with that. I was like, under no circumstances are you to communicate with clients during this time. Mm -hmm. And it was such a weight lifted off of me, but it definitely took having experiences where I didn't get to have those boundaries to really appreciate the boundaries and getting to like stretch them in that moment. Totally. I, I had one Christmas that was like the catalyst for even building the agency where it was literally Christmas day. And I was like, texting with a client over their launch and like technical issues were coming oh up gosh. and I hate tech like the tech stuff is like I can design I can strategy all the stuff all day but when it comes to like technical code and like that mm -hmm. kind of stuff and websites like my brain breaks and I hate it and back then it was still just all me doing that and that was really the catalyst I was like I'm never spending another holiday like doing this. And so literally when I got back from that Christmas trip, visiting my in-laws, that's when I decided to build the agency and hired a coach to support with that and all of the things. So yeah, no more of that. <laughs> <laughs> so over the years, as the coaching side of things began to take off and take up more of your energy and focus, you still have this agency running on the side. But I think you ultimately decided to close things down earlier this year on the agency side. What was that decision process like for you to come to the realization that the agency was no longer serving you in the way that you wanted it to? It's like I didn't actually close it down. It's on pause right okay. now. I just was not taking on clients. It still exists. Um, but I'm just not sure where I want to go with it. So I'm just in this like figuring it out stage, but really I didn't want to close it down. But what happened is like the timing kind of ended up a little weird, but maybe mm -hmm. perfect. So from when I had my first son in 2019, I had my team on and basically like they took care of 99% of everything in our business. And, and it was like mostly the same team throughout that yes. whole time. Mm -hmm. Okay. They were all contractors, um, but we had enough regular work that they were getting like all of these projects all the mm -hmm. time. And then I would say like, probably when my coaching business started taking off, I was not focusing on like the agency at all necessarily, mm -hmm. like not trying to get new clients. It was like, if they came, they came. And so slowly things. Um, I was not putting any focus into it. So, you know, inquiries died down. I wasn't getting known for the agency as much. Um, it just wasn't my bigger focus. And mm -hmm. so over time, the contractors I had, like, were obviously finding other work to do to replace like how much was happening in our agency. And then when I was pregnant with Colt, who I just had in June, um, and this was probably in like March or April, I think April is when our project manager and senior designer were like, Hey, these are our last projects. Like we're making more in our regular businesses. Like this isn't financially feasible for us to mm -hmm. like spend the time, which of course that's like a growing business. Like you're going to raise rates and all of the things. And so that was just kind of a perfect opportunity where 
I was pregnant. I didn't, I was nearing the end and taking a maternity leave starting in May. I was like, Mm -hmm. I am not hiring and training a whole nother team for the agency right now. Like I know it can get to this really good place, but I just was not in the place to, to build a whole new team, um, that close to having my second baby. So I decided to like close out with the projects that we had. This was kind of a weird, messy thing. Like our one designer was just like, I am done. And she still had a sales page for one of our clients. Oh my God. And so, yeah. (laughs) Um, and so I didn't know this, but over the years, like I always worked on Adobe Illustrator and she, because I was so like out of the day to day, she started working on Adobe XD, which is Mm -hmm. like a totally different program, which I guess a lot of designers are using, but I've been so out of the Yeah. Like, I'm like, it's, it's great. I just, I haven't learned it because I haven't needed to. And I then all of a sudden was like eight months pregnant and I had to design the sales page in Adobe XD that I'd never used before. And I would just like, wanted to cry so hard, but I did it. I figured it out. But that was, that was rough as part of that transition. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the last thing that I want to be doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently to not be in that situation where it was like, you kind of have to pause because the team was shifting at the same time as you are having cult? Or do you kind of feel like the direction that it went in and the kind of ebb and flow of things was what it needed to be for the time. So I think that I wouldn't have put it like so on the back burner. Mm-hmm. I really kind of wish that I I literally was just like, team, you go handle everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily, that wasn't like a leadership move. That was just like a, I had to prioritize other things in that moment. And so I really wish that I would have at least like met with my team once a month and like talked to them and seen how they were doing. Like I literally just like, I wasn't in Slack. I wasn't checking in. Like I talked to our project manager on Boxer once a week and that Mm -hmm. was about it. And it wasn't very in-depth. So I would say like, if you do want to get the agency like growing and scaling to like at least have those goals and some metrics that you're working towards as far as like sales calls and revenue numbers and things like that. And just even spending an hour a week checking in with your team and talking to them. And I don't know, just not letting it go. I, I just let it go. So yeah. like on its own, and I would have had a few more check-ins and like a little bit more pulse on the actual agency if I wanted it to grow. But I think everything's meant to be how it's meant to be. And I'm kind of excited. We're in this place where I'm like, I could either indefinitely pause it or close it or sell it or I don't know. I can start it back up in a different way. I'm just, it's, it's there and Mm -hmm. it's ready and waiting for me when I come back, whenever that is. (laughs) Love that. It's just like sitting there like a little incubator. Cause yeah, yeah, it's like, you don't, it's not like you lose your portfolio. It's not like you have like in-person products, like sitting there. It's just like, you have these processes, you have these things. And once you're ready, like even you still have an audience, like once you're ready to sell it again, you just need to decide like what you want that to look like for you. Exactly. And right now I'm such in a like place of focusing more on the the coaching side of the business. And even I think a more recent shift is like focusing less on business period Mm -hmm. and really focusing in on my family and my health and taking care of myself because 
I kind of let the business take over uh, with my recent wake up call. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's just there and I can go back to it whenever I'm ready, if I'm ready. Yeah. Before we jump into kind of the beginning of the coaching again, do you want to talk at all about your recent wake up call or? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) So let's talk about it. Like, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Kelsey and I are friends. So I kind of know about this from just like our own conversation. But yeah, if you could tell our listeners kind of like what wake up call you had recently and maybe what you are in the process of learning from it. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. I'm like, so I am in that messy in the middle. I'm still processing a lot of like what happened this last year. Trying to be concise here. Okay, Haley. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know how to do it. Um, I will just say we had a really great year last year mm-hmm. and I hired a team to support the business staying at the same rate or growing. And this year, based on lots of factors, including pregnancy and the economy and team turnover and stuff, (laughs) we have not grown as much. And we've actually had like way less sales than we had the year before. Various factors, still trying to work on some of the nuances. I also hired a salesperson last year, and it's been about three salespeople over a year and a half that have never been able to sell the way that I have. So like that was another factor too. So there's like lots of factors happening and sales have been a lot slower for us this year. And I had a team that was all full salaried team. And recently it got to the point where I'm like, okay, we cannot sustain the team for the amount of students that we have. And so I did have to let some of my team go just for the sustainability of the business. And so one, that was like a really hard thing. And I was telling you before the show, I'm like, my heart is like open and raw about it. And I'm still processing like that in general. It's just really hard because the people are like good friends and everything at this point. And they've been through like so much. This year has been a lot um, for all of those factors that I mentioned. and. Yeah. This last year, I always talk about like intentional hustle versus just like grinding it out and hustling as you're being. Mm -hmm. And I've never liked to be like a hustle being like I've always like my business is called the aligned business. Like I truly believe in like having that alignment in your life and your business and all the things. And even though I had my business designed to a place where like I had a lot of time back my energy Mm -hmm. and my mind was always on the business. And so I reached this state of like burnout that I didn't realize that I had, like probably I realized it last week. Mm -hmm. And because of all of those things, I was never, I, I always thought I was like intentionally hustling to like this next thing to get that fixed and get it in place in the business. And because of how many things kind of like combined on itself. It was like a year and a half of me, like just being mentally burned out Mm -hmm. by all of the business circumstances and things that were happening and me trying to be like resilient and work through them and all of the stuff. And so when I had my son, I ended up having my gallbladder removed the day after I had my son. So like that was a health 
thing. Um, and then he's three months old. And since he has been born, he has been hospitalized for RSV. I've had strep. My other son has had strep. My back gave out and I'm in physical therapy, but there are like weeks where I couldn't move. Mm -hmm. Um, and then most recently last week I was, I had to go to the emergency room and I ended up in the hospital for two nights with pneumonia. And I think that like, I actually had this like fever induced hallucination last week where I was just like, I'm going to shut everything down and just like be a stay at home mom, which is a privilege that I have in my life right now mm-hmm. where our husband or my hu- our husband, <laughs> uh, my husband can like support our finances if need be with where we're at, even though it would cut it more than in half because mm-hmm. of what I was am or making all the things. Um, but it could be doable. And I was just like, I'm shutting everything down. I'm going to take care of me. Like my only focus will be like being with my family and gardening and like walking and eating healthy and just like being a happy version of myself. And I found so much like joy and peace in that like hallucination. Like my whole body was just like, this is so peaceful. And so over the last week I've had to like deal with not only letting my team go the week before the hospital stay in pneumonia. And then also just like, I'm not finding a lot of joy in this last year and a half in my life and business. And like that needs to change. And Mm -hmm. so even though I designed the business to have that time space, all of the things, the stress of this last year, like my joy levels were almost non-existent. And I realized it's like, it's not worth it to be so in the business and in the stress and in this day to day, like the benefits weren't worth it at that Mm -hmm. point. And so I just in this last week, I've been going through like a ton of like reevaluations of how am I actually spending my days? I, I got a whole art set up over here where I'm like painting again and I'm like shutting my phone off and just sitting with my kids and like looking at them and smiling and giggling. And like, (laughs) that seems really simple, but it's just so much fun. And Mm -hmm. I think the letting my team go released a lot of pressure that I had on myself to make sales. Like Mm -hmm. it was really like a month by month, like, okay, are we going to make enough sales to like meet payroll this month? And that was like the whole like last year, which is really, really stressful. You can't do that like deeper work when you're stressed out, if you're going to like make it financially to the end of the month. And so I have to like, right now I'm on a journey of like finding my own internal, like safety again in finances and then finding my joy again in the day to day. Like two days ago, I took a picnic blanket outside and it was 60 degrees out. And I just like read in my yard and I had (laughs) like a blanket and pillow. And I was like, this is so joyful. And Mm -hmm. I'm just allowing myself to do that instead of thinking that I need to be like working all the time or worrying about sales and stressed out. And I'm like, that will happen. It'll come out of me feeling more fulfilled and joyful in my day to day. So long story short, this year has been a shit show and (laughs) (laughs) here I am on the other side and seeing where it goes. Awesome. Well, it sounds like Three months ago, you had no idea where you would be sitting here today. 
Um, so now I'm going to ask you the hard question of, you know, we're recording this heading into Q4. It'll probably be released sometime heading into 2023. What do you think, want, hope for us to be able to expect from the Aligned Business or Pine Gate Road in the new year? Yeah. So I would say don't expect anything from Pine Gate Road. I don't <laughs> see myself starting that up in the next quarter. And I honestly think the aligned business, it's the same. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting less pressure on myself and the business to like grow to multi-million dollars. Mm. So what I'm really focusing on is just like serving the clients that we have so well, which is what we've always focused on. And I might cut it off. Like I might only have a certain amount of people that Mm. me and my one team member can really easily manage um, because I'm not, I'm not willing to take on the stress of growth right now. I had a year of trying to grow so big and so not even fast, but I just, I had that dream and I hired according to that Mm -hmm. dream and was living it out. And it caused so much stress in my life that right now I'm like, I am good being where we're at. Like we can have a million dollar business with the two of us and we won't be like super scaling and like be able to take on all of the people that ever wanted, but like, that's okay. We're going to be able to serve a lot of people and do a lot of good and stay within what we are capable of doing um, and still living like very joyful lives for now. And I'm not saying that I won't grow in the future, but I think Mm -hmm. 2023 is going to be like a stabilization year for me and really just like limiting the amount of people that we're serving um, and doing things that are just like profitable and joyful. I think Mm -hmm. those are like the two things like joy just keeps popping up over and over and over. And also we haven't been that profitable this year because of, you know, the team expenses and different things and the lowered sales. So I'm just Mm -hmm. like excited to like build up our savings again and just be in a place where it like, it feels really joyful and good to be in the business. And that's something I've been lacking. Kind of like it's aligned once again. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's it, it we definitely I have been feeling out of alignment and so I had to like get back to that place and be like, okay, what is it? Like how do we shift this? Like as I always have been. It's being aligned doesn't mean you're always aligned, but it <laughs> means uh working towards that and like making things better for you, both mentally and physically and financially. Yeah, definitely. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. We will have all of your links in the show notes, but for our listeners right now, where can they come find you and hang out online? Yeah. So I'm always on Instagram. My personal one is at Kelsey Kerslake on Instagram. And then if you want to catch up with business tips and that kind of stuff, we're at The Aligned Biz. Awesome. Thank you again. And thank you all for listening to this episode of Messy in the Middle. Hey there, thanks for listening all the way to the end, or more likely, thanks for leaving your phone just far enough away that you can't get to it in time to skip past this part. If you like what you heard, don't forget to rate and leave a review. And shout out to my guests for joining me, my dog for not barking, my editor Chrissy for doing her thing, and my friend Devin for letting me use his music. You can check out all of the links for the podcast, anything mentioned in today's episode, and the amazing people who helped me put on the show in the show notes. Bye!